What's up, everybody? How's it going, guys? Today, we are going to talk about property management, what they entail, why you should have one, why you shouldn't have one, what they do, and what they don't do. Logan, start us off. I mean, hey, I'm all for property management companies, man. I think that they do a great job. Um, they alleviate my headaches and every investor that I work with's headaches. Um, but you definitely need to make sure you're working with the right ones. Um, obviously, just like in any industry, you need to make sure you're vetting the right uh, company for you. So that way they're providing the right product for you. Uh, you need to make sure that they're vetting your tenants because you can end up in murky water very quickly. Yeah. And uh, property managers for the service that they provide compared to what they charge, I think are absolutely a must, right? Yep. Um, you're dealing with the largest asset that you can possibly have, right? A piece of real estate, some are larger than others, but you know, they have residential, commercial property managers, and basically their role is to make sure that the property is maintained, make sure it's in good shape, make sure the tenant is obviously paying um, their lease and make sure that the tenant is happy, uh, make sure that they put the right tenant in place as far as vetting them up front, doing due diligence, underwriting to make sure that the tenant is a grade A tenant and is going to pay on time, is going to keep the property nice and maintaining deposits and all that good stuff. Yeah. And quite frankly, it's just something that I personally wouldn't want to do myself. So I'm going to leverage an expert or a professional in that realm, just like I would want anybody who's trying to buy a piece of real estate to leverage my own services because I am an expert and a professional in my services. Yeah. Um, property management is completely different than real estate sales, just like it's completely different than mortgage lending or, or mortgage brokering. And just like it's completely different than building a house, yeah. right? Um, you know, everybody has their own expertise and, and, you know, they're professionals in their own regards in their own fields. Property management is not a forte of mine. So it's something that I would leverage somebody else who has the experience and has the professionalism and the systems in place to make it a seamless process. Yeah. And you don't want to be a jack of all trades, master of none. Yep. You were sticking in your realm. And, you know, even if even if you are only buying one property, right, and you have a full-time job uh, and you're buying one property, I promise you, you might think, oh, let me do it myself. I can do a good job and blah, blah, blah. I'm sure you can, but why? Why for the headache? of everything else you have going on in your life, are you going to be stingy and say, I don't want to pay a property manager 10% of my rental income to manage my property for me and my tenant? There's a lot of reasons, a lot of reasons that you don't want to do that, a lot. And one of them being, um, you probably, honestly, I mean, one of them being, if you're in that position, when you throw up a, a lease for rent, you're going to get a lot of candidates. Yeah. And like hundreds potentially. Yeah. Like in the first hour, hundreds. Yeah. 99% of them are not who you want as a tenant. Credit worthy, income worthy. I mean, again, there's nothing wrong with those people. And we want to help those people get to the point where they are able to be rentable and then hopefully bankable. So we can help get them in, you know, their dream home. But unfortunately, there are a lot of people with damaged credit for certain reasons, whether it be a foreclosure or they went through a divorce and weren't able to pay on something, you know. Everybody has their own own things going on in their life, but you don't want to be renting to somebody with a 400 credit score or somebody who makes less money than what you'd be charging in rent. Plus, they still need to put food on the table, have clothing, all the good stuff. You know, it's the same as you know when you go through a mortgage process. 
we have what's called ATR, which is ability to repay, and it's a debt ratio, right? So their front end ratio has to be a certain number, and then their back end ratio, back end meaning all of their debts and obligations along with the mortgage payment, has to be less, typically is less than 41 or 43%. So that means all the money that you make and all of your expenses, including your mortgage payment, cannot be 43% or higher of what you bring in total a month, right? It's a very important metric because, and and look at this as like, these are big, big government agencies that have come up with these numbers and these guidelines. So there's a reason for it, right? After that scale, the risk goes up exponentially of a foreclosure. So you need to look at this stuff the same way when you're renting a property, right? So you might want to say, hey, listen, your income to your total debt cannot be more than 40%, yep. right? So um, these are important things. And if you don't know what you're doing and you're just going to stick anybody in there and you say, oh, well, dude makes a thousand a month and rents only 500. Well, the rent's only 500, but then does he have a cell phone bill? Does he have insurance? Does he have uh, medical? Does he have to buy food? Like you real quick can, if you're not calculating stuff, he could be upside down on the rent payment every month. Well, guess what's going to happen eventually? He's not going to pay his rent. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to worry about getting food in his belly before he's- 100%. Yeah. yeah. He had all of his addictions and everything else he's got going on. Exactly. Like human being, right? Yeah. Everybody has their own vice. A hundred percent. So um, these are, these are, these guidelines are put in place for big banks to protect themselves. And you should be looking at it the same way. If you don't know and don't understand all this stuff because it's not your area of expertise, Hire a property manager. Hire somebody. This is their daily job. They understand what they're doing. They have hundreds, if not thousands of doors that they manage every month. Yep. There's a reason that they're successful over long term. It's because they know what they're doing and their turnover rate is low and they take care of the tenants and they take care of the assets yep. by which takes care of you, the landlord. And, and that's where it goes back to vetting that company then too. Just like you would vet your tenant, um, rather than you having to go through hundreds of applications on tenants, you can look at, okay, well, there's six really good property management companies in my market. Well, let me see what the process is like. Let me interview them basically because you're hiring them for a, a position um, and, and then find out which is going to suit your needs best and why they are successful and why you feel comfortable giving them your business. Um, that way you can not, not only maximize your return, but like you said, limit your turnover. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'd, you know, it's important then too, on the flip side of that is to make sure that your property stays in good condition because you can get as much rental income as you want. But if at the end of the lease term, there's a bunch of damage and you need to sink that rental income back into fixing the property for the next tenant, guess what? You're back to square one or you're upside down. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. You, you made no or negative money yeah. on that. So I got the equity, but I mean, how much equity if the property is in disrepair? You still got to fix it back up, right? Exactly. So it's very, very, very important that the asset itself gets managed. I think a lot of investors look at uh, the deal, right? They, yeah. they get in the deal and that's all they care about is the numbers on the deal. Wow, this is a smoking deal. You know, it, I can get it for 20 and I only need to put 30 into it. And the ARV is 100. Well, that's all well and great if you're flipping it and that's all you're doing. But if the goal is to hold it for 30 years, have the game plan in place as to, okay, I'm buying this on, on a hard money. I'm going to refi it out on a DSCR loan. That's 30 years. And I'm going to stick a tenant in it. I know what my monthly is going to be. I know what the tenant's going to pay me. And I'm going to have a property manager that makes sure I'm getting that payment every month. Because the reverse side of this is if you're not buying a property in cash, you still have a mortgage. So if your tenant stops paying, you still need to pay your mortgage or else they're going to take the property. 
right? Yep. So you cannot be sitting with properties that are vacant for six, eight months while you have to go through the eviction process. Exactly. It's not like a tenant doesn't pay one month and you say, okay, bye, and you lock them out. Yeah, it's not, it's not that easy. You can't just go in there and kick them out and change the locks. You need to go through an entire appeal process and an eviction process. And having a good property manager in place is going to prevent that from happening or mitigate that risk, you know, from happening. Let's say, let's say you DSCR out, right? You get a, you get a refi loan and you DSCR out on a 30 year, right? You have your rental income and all that good stuff. Takes two months to find the right tenant. You put it in. You've been paying a mortgage this, this whole time. Let's say the mortgage for easy numbers is a thousand a month. You're going to rent the place out for 1500. So now you're out $2,000 finding the tenant. You stick a tenant in, he makes one payment, but then he goes MIA and for six months he doesn't pay. That's, that's six grand. So now you're at $8,000 of non-income while you still had to pay the mortgage, right? And then it's going to take two or three months to get the next tenant. Yep. So now you're out $10,000, $12,000 for not making the smart decision to pick the right tenant. And don't leave that up to chance. Make sure you're doing your due diligence and make sure the property manager that you hire is doing your due diligence because this stuff can add up really quick. Oh, and by the way, we didn't we didn't count the eight months that he was there and not paying. What do you think he did to the property? Yeah. Did he care? Yeah. Was it maintained? Yeah. No, it wasn't. So that's going to probably be another three, four thousand dollars to repaint and do the carpet or whatever you need to do the drywall. Right. Um, so it can add up really quickly. Yeah. And, and going back to that, I'm not saying that you're not capable of vetting your tenant because obviously I, I'm telling you to vet your property manager. So you might understand the right things to do. But the property management company already has the systems in place. They're already they already have the credit and background checks, and they've done this a hundred times over at this point that they know what they're doing. So it's a lot easier, like I said originally, to vet six companies and figure out which is going to be the right fit for you versus vetting six hundred tenants and trying to figure out the right tenant for you and make sure that they're not going to screw your things up. You well, know, let's go in the reverse on that. What's the cost of paying a property manager ten percent of the rent each month if the reverse happens? If they're able to get a tenant in place. And they pay for that full year. When you pay them ten percent yeah, rent, twelve, fifteen hundred dollars a year versus, versus oh grand. Yeah, you miss you miss one month, you're out that money. You know, hundred percent. So make the right choice. Don't don't say you want to be you know stingy and you know manage your properties. Maybe you do for the first one if you're like really really you know a new investor and you you want to have a relationship with a tenant. You want to do it, but if you're looking to scale at all, I guarantee you. You're going to hit a place where you're like, man, the time that I'm putting into this versus paying somebody 10% to, to manage my rental is like, it's a no brainer. Why didn't I do this from the beginning? And, and you said a really key word in there, which we've talked about many times in many videos, relationships. I mean, that is key to everything in life, especially you want a property manager that cares. It's not just about the money. So if they have an inherent care and they treat your property as if it's their own and they treat your tenants as if they're their own, because out on technical level they are they're managing them they're going to have a good relationship with them and then that tenant is going to feel more comfortable calling them at two in the morning when their heat's out in the middle of winter yep. rather than letting it dra drag out and then you get a call a month two months three months later maybe they don't even call at all and then they move out because they find another place to go and then you you're like well what the heck the heat's been out for six months you know yeah yeah, no, a good a good property manager and a good, you know, just relationship in general is reciprocal, right? So they understand that it's a relationship for the long term. It's not just one building where you get some money out of, right? Yep. It's creating that relationship and that bond to say, okay, 
if we help each other out, we can both grow, right? And so exactly. that becomes a whole different MO than just saying, oh, I'm going to manage your one property and get, you know, a hundred bucks a month for it, whatever, and have to deal with the tenant. Like that's a completely different story. And those people are out there. At, that's what, They're probably the majority, quite honestly. And yep. that's why it is, again, so important to vet who you're dealing with. And you know, man, when you meet with somebody, if you meet with every, talk to them over the phone, if you're listening to your gut at all, yeah, you know who's good and who's bad. You know what their intentions are, and 100%. and again, I I'll use a, an example. I actually just yesterday was talking to an investor buddy of mine. Um, you know, well versed in the real estate space, but not a uh, you know big time investor where he has you know fifty, hundred thousand doors. He just bought his first duplex, and he understands how it works. And I was you know he asked for a referral in a property management company, and I sent him a few in the market, and I was like, hey, you know, do your research, and you know, I'm not going to tell you who to work with essentially, but here's a few that you can you know shop through. And he was like, well, are any of them going to be like 7%? I don't want to pay 10% or above. And right away, I was like, dude, you pay 10% or above, you're getting a 10% or above service. If you pay 7% or 8% on a property management company, guaranteed they're not going to treat your property the way that they should be treating your property. You definitely want to pay the extra couple bucks. I mean, using the example that Josh gave, which is a very real example, $1,000 a month, you know, or $1,500 a month, you're talking the difference of what? 20 bucks, a hundred bucks at most, at most a hundred dollars a month. Come on, man. Like that's proportionate with the level of service you'll get. Yeah. Seven to 10. It's not, I promise. It is a no brainer from somebody who actually has a vision and wants to scale. And you always pay 15%. Yeah. Cause you need to find the outlier. You need to find the person who is going to be the Kobe. Yes. Freaking Jordan. You, yeah. you don't, you don't want, you know, to go to the, the local high school and pick that ball player. Yeah. Cause they're, they're not experienced. They don't, ha they don't have the dedication. They don't have the drive. You pay for excellence, you know, typically no, not all the time. And that's where the vetting process and having those conversations. And here, here's the thing on that though. What I would argue is you actually pay for excellence much more than you pay for mediocrity. And I don't mean that in the long term. What I mean is there are so many people that live in the, the only way I'm going to get business is to go lower. Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm going to lower my price. It's very rare that you find somebody who has, and I'll just say it, the balls enough on them to say I'm worth yep. more money than what the average is. So you find just inherently right from the beginning, you don't find a lot of people that are charging more than what the average service is. So already you're weeding out the amount of people that you need to look at. And then from there, if you, if you pick the top five, eight players that are, and there probably isn't even five, dude. There's probably two one or two. Yeah. If you pick those three and then look at them and don't even say, I don't want to pay average. I don't want to pay below average. Don't even touch me with below average, but I don't want to pay average because that's where everybody lives. You only want to look at the top couple. And this is for anything in life. It's not just property management. Look at those and then weigh the differences between those two and make a gut decision. Because I promise you, there is way less competition for overcharging and it's not overcharging, but overcharge over deliver, right? Um, that's the only way you get grade A service. You do not get grade A service by going with the cheapest. You don't get grade A service with going with when everybody charges. You get grade A service by going to the elites, man. Yep. Why do you think, again, going back to the basketball metaphor and just professional metaphor, there's a reason that people on the same basketball team get paid 10 times more than what everybody else does. Because the value they bring. Yep. 
I rest my case. I have nothing else to say. So it's all performance based. I have nothing else. And, and the level of service, you know, someone like a Kobe or a Michael are going to make the people around them better than two thousand percent. There are so many trade-offs that you can't even honestly like cognitively sit down and go through. But when you're around excellence, they demand excellence from everybody else. Exactly. And it builds every, it builds the whole team up. Right. So you're not, you're not paying for just the service. There's so much more in there that you're not even thinking about. You're not calculating the ROI on it. Yep. Just do it. Take, take a, a step in the right direction. Go off of faith if you need to at first. But I promise you, when you surround yourself around people that are, are high performing, just by inevit by proximity, you're going to have to start being better. <laughs> yep. You, you do, you, you, if they hold you in a higher regard. 100% is a trickle effect, man. So don't be afraid to overpay for services, man. Especially services that you know you absolutely must have, right? It's a little different if you're like, I want the best cable service I could possibly get. I'm willing to overpay for cable. But if you're trying to go to the gym, maybe don't go for Planet Fitness that's $9 a month. Maybe go to a local you know, downtown gym that's CrossFit and you got to pay $100 a month for that. Is it better? Is the ROI better? Are you around people that are more concerned with their physical fitness than if you were going to Planet Fitness? A thousand percent. Man. Yep. You're going to get way better results in a shorter period of time by overpaying for that service. And then you could go the complete step even further if you wanted to and say, I'm going to hire a personal trainer. Yep. I'm going to pay him $500 a week to train me. And all, all of that comes back to vetting still you know the the gyms what kind of area am i going to surround myself with the property manager what kind of level of service are they going to be providing what systems do they have in place it all comes back to making sure that uh, we're not talking about google or amazon reviews right because those are always going to be mixed it's very rare and plus people pay for reviews if nobody knew that you know sorry to burst your bubble but people pay for reviews so i and that's not ethical or legal in certain regards but it, it happens um, so you got to do your own due diligence and make sure that you're vetting that gym and that personal trainer and that property management company and that real estate professional and mortgage professional, you know, you got to make sure that you're, you're having the conversations with them and making sure that your best interests are, are in their mind and are going to be met. Your yeah. needs are, will be met. I go in, go all in on that. Right. Don't, don't just take it as a, you know, an assignment for an hour to do go all in on it, man. Go through every different scenario and then feel really good about the one you pick ultimately, knowing that you looked at everything and you spent the time doing that due diligence. It's going to help you make a more informed decision and one that you can live with, even if it doesn't end up going great. At least you know you gave it your all looking into it, right? And then you can readdress that. And I use the whole vetting thing in my everyday service in terms of like, I do a lot of recruitment for our team at J.R. Heller. If anybody's interested in getting into real estate, please give me a call. I'd love to answer any questions you might have about that process and get you get you rolling. Um, but every person who's already licensed or thinking about getting their license, I tell them, go sit with other brokers. I'm not going to say, oh, come work with me. I'm the best. I genuinely feel I am the best, but I tell them to go elsewhere to at least see what they have to offer and see if it's a good fit for them. I'm not going to be the best fit for everybody. I don't know what you could come up with that wouldn't be the right fit. Um, but everybody is their own person and they all get their own feeling and their own vibe. So it's, 
you know, my vibe might not fit your tribe. And, you know, I want you to come and sit down with me and I'll show you everything that we have to offer and why we are the best. And then I'm going to go and tell you, hey, go sit down with other people. I tell my best friends that that are looking to get licensed. I'm like, yo, go sit down with the the big time names. You know, you guys know the big time names. I think that we have a higher level of service and we have more to offer you, especially as a new agent, than you will find anywhere else. Well, um, but And that goes back to the gut thing, right? Yeah. It's trust in your gut. You sit down with enough people and you, you get the differences out there and you trust. You can you can feel where you should be. You feel it in your gut. You know. Right. And so trust that process and it's important, but, uh, yeah, I'm good. I think that we covered it. I think so too. So I appreciate everybody being here. If you got any value out of today's video, please like comment and subscribe and feel free to leave some comments as far as what you want us to cover in the future. And I appreciate everybody watching. Take care y'all.